Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Dreamcast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We are here to talk about two books that come out. Let's see what date is coming out. I'm so thrown off of the date. Uh, January 16th, 2024. Ah, not so easy, is it? Uh, no, it took me one second. I didn't complain about how <laughs> how uh, how ham just and complicated this whole thing is. Uh, <laughs> starting with John Constantine, Hellblazer, Dead in America, number one, written by Simon Spurrier, illustrated by Aaron Campbell. And um, we've talked about our sort of indifference to the Sandman universe, uh, you know, series of of books, and how there's uh, there are occasionally like good and interesting things that happen in there, but it's not really our cup of tea, and. All of us, to a certain degree, but Vince, to a, a stronger degree, are not necessarily the biggest Cy Spurrier fans. Oh no, I'm Cy Spurrier pilled. I forgot you. You have been fully pilled by yeah. by Cy Spurrier. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I, I I wasn't sure sort of how our collective mindset was going to be for this book. Um, so Zach, why don't we start with our you? Hive mind, you mean? Our hive mind, exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, one of us is going to be in the middle, no matter what. I, that no is true. What, yes, yeah. that's one of us is always the lucky Pierre. We are really like the the Magi in in Evangelion, you know. <laughs> I thought you meant in Scripture. No, I, no, I call Balthazar specifically. Well, they have the same name, so okay. Yeah, um, Evangelion is Scripture, you know. It is. Fair yeah. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's the new gospel. If you didn't know. <laughs> Anyway, Zach, um, we're starting with you. Go, go for it. What do you think? Of I, I really liked this a lot, actually. Um, and I didn't. I think I only read the first issue of the last Hellblazer thing that they did, and I didn't like it. It was way too wordy, and this was kind of wordy. But I really dug this. I, I, I liked the the conflict that was set up at the beginning. But I really, I mean, I. I really got going when Dream showed up and, and it started calling back to the like original Sandman series. The first time that Dream met Sand that Dream met Constantine and like setting that up as the kind of like secondary conflict for this arc. Um and and just the art in those pages I thought was especially good. Um. So yeah, I I dug this, and I I kind of want to keep reading. I kind of want to go back and read the first arc, even, even, even. even. Vincent, about you, I I enjoyed it well enough. I I don't think I'm gonna keep going, but I will say. I do get, I get why people really like this. I do. Um, it, it treats, it treats Constantine like a old friend. You know, it, there's, there's a lot about this where like, not only as Zach mentioned, like going all the way back to the original Sandman, but, um, just in the way that like the rhythms of John's dialogue 
the rhythms of the way that other characters, the, the way that other characters just, they know him and they treat him like, well, you're, you're John Constantine. And when you get wrapped up in something like that, this, it usually goes this way. And they, the characters all kind of know what to expect from him at this point. They, they treat him like this. They almost treat him like this nuisance or this splinter. That's like just in the world. And they have to deal with him. And it's been it's been so many years. You just know what you get with this guy. And then every once in a while, it's going to like subvert your expectations or something like that. And I get that that's sad for people that really like Hellblazer. That sort of familiarity is really satisfying. Um, it's 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 almost hearkening back. There aren't a ton of references but it's almost harkening back to the idea that that you know the original Hellblazer was took place essentially in real time and the characters aged. And this almost, you know, we lost that with the new 52. This almost takes you right back there and slots you back in in a way that that like we're just picking up with the original Hellblazer again. Um so I, I understand the appeal and I, I, I get why people like it. I just don't think uh, to me, there wasn't a hook as like, what is the conflict here? I don't know what the conflict is. You know, I don't know what. Well, so first it seems like at first it's like, and I guess this is like carrying over stuff from the first volume. So I don't really know, but like, him and I guess his son son yeah died no. to some degree and are now like sort of alive but like also not I didn't get the impression the son was was dead but maybe I well it, he, he he had there was the bit at the beginning about him his soul like being damned basically well, i think i think it's because so again i did not read that first volume and i'll get to my thoughts on this in a second but the way i read that and i, I again i could have misread it was that constantine made him kill somebody right and that is what damned his soul to hell okay i see i had gotten the impression that they had like both been dead like and in hell and had escaped but maybe that's okay. not what happened yeah I, I, again neither one of us read the whole right series so it's impossible to know but but like you're you're definitely right that like there's the in indication that like constantine has been dead and like still is his heart's not beating his like body is decaying but noah seems fine so yeah yeah it would probably um, make sense if you had read read the first or the little or the little intro spiel that which explains i just skimmed all, like, that yeah, is the yeah, worst part of the comic hands down mm -hmm. that, yeah that was insufferable yeah i almost didn't read the rest of the issue after reading that because <laughs> it was and, and i understand why you have to do that and i'm glad that they did that because i it's a smart thing to do but it was just it was a lot to read yeah, it was <laughs> not, not a lot of words, just a lot of uh, just like it was obnoxious. Um, yeah. Um, well, but my point is, what's the what what is the point, though, Zach? What is the point of this? Well, it's it's going to be him having to get uh, old John Constantine's got himself in another <laughs> little another little mess. He's going to have to 
get himself out of it you know that's what's that's... the me- what's the mess he's dead that's it yeah yeah he's, yeah, he's dead he's dead he's that's doomed it his... he's... No, no, there, there's a whole bunch of yeah. look he's dead and he's got to save his son's soul yeah see but... and, and what i'm saying is they they don't present that in a they don't present that in a satisfying enough way like all like at the end he's looking for swamp thing for some reason well that's like... because he gets like a second he's got a side quest yes there's yeah, the main and... quest there's the main yeah. quest, which is he's got to figure out how to not die. But the, the side, side quest, quest is, is the to dream get thing. dreams. Yeah. So yeah, let, let me just. I, the the book did not do. Well, let me just say the book did not do a good job of like. Of delivering me the stakes in a way that I would care about it. There's a lot that I there's a lot that's good about the comic, but. There's nothing that has me going like, oh, this this is the. This is the um, immediacy of the predicament, or this is the. Anyway, go ahead, Brian. So, um, as usual, I fall somewhere between you guys. Yeah, um, you're the between guy. I am, but I think Vince is insane for that for for that criticism specifically. <laughs> I feel like if if nothing else, I have a better sense of the stakes of this comic than I do anything else. Like I I truly felt like at the end of this. I I felt like I understood exactly what Constantine had to do. I understood why he feels in peril, both like emotional and physical peril. I thought mm-hmm. that the side quest was actually a really fun addition to it. I thought the Swamp Thing gag at the end of, of Swamp Thing being a golf course was, <laughs> was really clever and fun. Um I don't love a lot of this, but I feel like in terms of broad strokes, I thought this was incredibly clear with what it was going for and that the emotional stakes involved. So I, I, I find that to be a very interesting criticism because in my notes, I I, I use the words like <laughs> um, I, I, I I think the exact phrase I wrote. Let me look. Yeah. The exact phrase I wrote was uh, like the lines are drawn and the stakes are clear. So I, I mean they're they're I guess they are I just don't I, it's it's the it's too languid it's too meandering for me I don't know it's it's not yeah I I find this very rich coming off of talking about the, the invisibles on Patreon patreon.com slash because Christ. I feel like in one issue this there's does a fair amount of work in that way I don't know then I think it's just Spurrier's uh, I think it's just Spurrier's writing just beats me up and and I end up not appreciating what you get and that's fair you know I we we all have our 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 creators that work or don't work for us and I think that I typically tend to side with you over Zach and the Spurrier stuff although i think his work on the flash this most recent run has been enjoyable and i've liked some spurrier stuff in the past i've liked some 2000 ad spurrier stuff but it just seems like there's a uh there's a disconnect with you and spurrier's writing yeah that's 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 for sure um can we talk about the art for a minute i I thought aaron campbell's art was was really very was really quite good here and i think that that uh each of the characters, again, like I talked about 
sort of the stakes being well defined. I feel like each of these characters, even though I'm unfamiliar with most of these characters outside of you know the the, the sort of the big ones, I felt like Campbell's art did a really good job of identifying sort of who these characters are through the visuals that surround them. I I thought this was pretty great work from Campbell. Yeah, I I agree. I I really liked the art. Um, yeah, and I think particularly with Jordi Belair um on board it it really does give it that like sandman universe feel yes mm-hmm. yeah. and oh, i and man, i actually sorry. feel like i didn't really like his art that much in the issue that i read of the of the first volume no i didn't um so i i did want to want to pose a question but is there anything else you want to talk about before before i pose my question about this pose away I know this is going to make me sound like a simp and I mean that in terms of a simpleton not in like the modern (laughs) parlance of simping Um, but as I was reading this I just kept wishing this was set in the DC universe proper and not in the Sandman universe because you know we know that these at least I, I think these are different continuities I'm not entirely certain of that but I think they are and I just felt like there was some really interesting stuff being presented here in the sort of occult side of the DC universe that I would like to see explored in other books, but I don't really give a shit about the Sandman universe. Did either of you feel the same way? Yeah, but they don't do interesting stuff in the main universe. So. Not true. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. Like at, at some point in time, this would have been, you know, clearly within DC continuity or something, but they don't they don't do stuff like that anymore. Now if it's interesting, it's in its own thing. Yeah. Which um, is weird. And I do wonder, you know, fucking uh Rich Johnston keeps uh keeps saying Vertigo's coming back, Vertigo's coming back, like Vertigo proper. And I don't know. I mean this this would have been like a perfect way to kick that off well so i i wonder if they don't want to muddy the waters with the sandman universe being vertigo not vertigo keeping its own thing and doing like new vertigo stuff well then that's we know because i think the i think the pitch that rich keeps talking about is that it's 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 new stuff but it's also all your old favorite stuff oh okay you know i thought it was going to be like when was that I guess like the late aughts when it was like most of the Vertigo stuff outside of Hellblazer was all new stuff. You know, it was it was Sweet Tooth and it was uh, scalped and it it wasn't so much the old classics. And it could be. Have either of you read Scalped, by the way? No. Uh, It's on my shelf. I've always wanted to read it. I never have. Same. Yeah. I got the complete uh, trade paperback collection from Half Price Books, but I have not. Half Price Books, man, what a place! Right, you get your Star Wars extended universe books there. Yeah, I actually so I I ordered my uh, those New Jedi Order books from Thrift Books, but two of them were came from Half Price Books. So nice. Yeah, we don't have that chain in this area. It's the best. We had 
we had two in Lexington uh, here. I think the closest one to us is in Nashville. Um, yeah, they're great. Anything else to say about uh, Dead in America? Uh, America is not, it's not great, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's almost like you wouldn't say America, fuck yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> As Beyonce said, America has a problem. As Reverend Wright said, no, we're not going to go there. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. I'll say it. Goddamn America. You don't, you don't want me to say it, folks. I'll say it. Remember Reverend Wright? Remember I, I that? Do. Remember I do. when uh when that was Remember the damn tan suit? Yep. <laughs> oh boy. Obama. <laughs> Soda. Oh the old bungler. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Let's talk about uh, Superman number 10, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by the great Bruno Redondo. Vince, you're the one who advocated for us to read this. Why don't, why don't you start us off with this? Whoops. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but, but maybe? But maybe. But maybe. Yeah. No, here's what I'll say. Um, I love the uh, the idea of this. I love the idea of this issue. I, I have to say that, um, you know, there was a time when Western comics were a thing at DC. And there was a time in the Silver Age when your DC heroes might end up in the old Wild West for yep. a little bit. You know, there was a time this, in the DC too when Booster Gold might wind up in All-Star Western for... Uh... True. Yeah. So every once in a while, I, I really do like when, when DC takes a chance and does something weird and does like silver age in the modern era. Right. Like the, the reason for Superman going back to the wild west is so contrived here. Um, I don't even know if I, if, if I followed the reason to be honest with you. Right, right. It's uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um so I appreciate the idea of this issue because um DC should let loose like this once in a while, not be so overly serious. That said, I don't think the story is that good. It's very like it's very boilerplate. It's very um surprising how thin it is and how like uh, Superman shows up in the in the Wild West, uh, handles the villain of the village, and and then it's over. And he's he's uh, he's everything's back to normal. And th and then we and, get the the secret origin of midnight midnight Mer Mer Marilyn Mary, Marilyn Mar 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 yeah Mar Mar uh, Mary Mary Moon Mary Mary Moon is that Vegetarian. her name? 
Okay. No, that's that's, oh, wow, a, that, song that, that, the... that's a dead eye dick reference. Hot yeah, damn, Vinci. Song... Wow, that that's was a just song for the dumb. That's a song for the dumb and dumber yeah. soundtrack. I used to be a vegetarian. Yeah, she don't eat meat, but she sure likes the bone. <laughs> Uh, I used to request that song on the radio a lot. That someone that came out, I love that fucking song. I bet um, you did. It's a good song. Oh my god! I just saw this uh, variant cover where where Marilyn Moonlight is caked up. What is going uh, on here? Uh, where? Just for research sake, where where is this cover found? It's it's towards the end of our PDF. I can't. I, oh. Man, let me just anyway I, for science sake. Let me uh, let me look through this. Um, no, Vince, you're I, right. I, Sorry, go ahead. Can I can I slip one last thing in here? Can I finish? Um, uh, I I I mean this in both a good and bad way, but the the comic plays out as if like a a kid were mashing action figures together, and and saying this this time I want to play in the old in the Wild West with Superman. You know, it's it's that thinly drawn, like the reason for him being there, the conflict that arises while he's there his way of getting home it's it's all so boilerplate and and that was a little bit of a disappointment because i i wish i think there was an opportunity for a little more of a of a fun hangout and it it, it was kind of very perfunctory in the way that it all played out sure but anyway go go ahead well so if i was being as generous as humanly possible what I would say about this is that there is a long tradition of Western television series that essentially did this exact plot week in and week out. Uh, your wagon trains, your gun smokes, etc., where there would be, uh, you know, people would, you know, someone would roll into town, uh, you know, and there's there's a an, an evil. Uh, land baron or something who is who is you know pillaging the people's livelihood and this this hero who travels from town to town comes in and saves the day and then gets kissed by the girl and then moves on to his next adventure so if i'm being incredibly generous i could say that perhaps williamson is trying to harken back to the tone of those western stories that also made up a lot of western comics and western pulp fiction uh, of its time right so i could i don't think that's really what's happening here though i think you could maybe generously say that um i'm with you vince i I like the idea of characters popping up in weird circumstances in in these books not feeling so um tightly reined in and controlled and you know putting a character in the old west for an issue or two fantastic i love that as long as it's done in a way that feels fun and my issue with this is that while there were a couple of moments that were maybe playful i wouldn't really call this fun would you it's yeah i, I, like I mean it's williamson like really dipped into like the western like vernacular a bit which was kind of fun mm-hmm like Superman started to kind of talk like an like an old west lawman <laughs> a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like he just couldn't help himself. <laughs> I, and I, I think it, I think it was approaching fun, but then it was over so quickly. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, not I was that really everything... surprised that this ended in just one issue. Yeah. Not yeah. that everything has to be Back to the Future 3 with references to like Clint Eastwood and Dong <laughs> and, you know, all that, all that stuff. But just you would think that if you are purposely taking this fish out of water, you would want to capitalize on that more. You'd want to make that more a part of the story. Um, but I mean, look, give me Bruno Redondo art for 22 pages a month and I'm happy. I thought this looked great. I thought there was some really fun uh, page construction in a couple of different places. And I thought that for the most part, the, the Old West setting visually looked cool and interesting. Um, I just wish the story did more. Zach, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. The art was really cool. I like the idea behind the concept. I it's one of the rare cases where I think that it didn't last long enough. Like I I think that we could have done maybe like this could have been a two parter just to play around in the setting a little bit more. I thought it was the brevity of it kind of hurt it a little bit. I I think um yeah I I again like I I just feel like I don't I don't have a ton to say about this because there's just not a ton there, you know. It's right. it's very basic. Yeah, I wish it was different. Which is weird because we're we're normally like we're normally like give us a one off or give us two, you know. Mm -hmm. So so ordinarily we would welcome something like this, but there was just something about it that was so like it was too brief almost. It was like it like you could have fit this into like an anthology book um with just a couple of edits, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um this has anthology story written all over it yeah but i did i did like the aesthetics and you're right brian the art was very good we and then we got the bit with the lex luther revenge squad at yes, the end which is actually a fun idea as well it, yeah yes yeah i'm interested in do you have any idea what like the uh, Luthor battle armor in silhouette in the background of that page. Is that based on like a, 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 a like a rogue Luthor bot or something? Or like a, is that based on something? Like why would there be some, a member of the Lex Luthor revenge squad that's wearing Luthor armor? I mean, that seems like a pretty classic move, right? Like you steal his armor. Right, I, but I mean, like, is that a reference to something specific? No, the way I had read it was that they had broken into Supercorp and possibly took that armor, like, as part of... Like, okay, so then who's wearing it? It does they, seem like they are... They're purposely obscuring that fact. Yeah. Right, that's what I... But, and I'm, I'm asking, is that a reference to anything? I don't know. No? I, I'm interested because clearly Nicolas Cage and Jim Carrey are both part of the squad, so... I'm interested to see what what celebrity is there. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, That's you funny. don't see it. I'd see it. I see it. 
No, I, I I think we're supposed to be wondering who that is, and I I don't know who that could be. Okay. Um, do we know any of these characters like right offhand? Wait, like who these characters are? Or two of them are those awful villains that? Yeah, Doctor Doctor Farm and Mister Graf, and then there's the chain guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the just, only one we don't know is who's wearing the armor. I couldn't remember any of their terrible names, so thank you for reminding me. <laughs> now, if you asked me to tell you which one was which, I could not do that. <laughs> sure. I assume the guy in the coat is Doctor, but I, I don't, I, I, I don't know that, that well, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could be a doctor of of, uh, of philosophy. You don't know, no. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Um. And I've read I've read every issue of Williamson Superman. And I can't tell you which one's Dr. Graf and which one's <laughs> Dr. Farm and Mr. Graf. Sorry. I, I think I just read the first issue. And that's it. Yeah. I, I could pull this back and say I want to go back, but I don't think I really want to. So Yeah. I see. I and this doesn't make me want to really. Uh, <laughs> I it's, keep it's waiting. Been, it's been okay. I keep waiting sure for the Williamson run to really take off. And I'm hoping like maybe once the uh, whatever's going on with the Brainiac stuff really kicks off, maybe maybe we'll get there. Yeah, I am waiting for that Brainiac arc or event or whatever it is. Anything else to say about this? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't guess so. Weird, weird week of books. I know there were two um, Beast World tie-ins that we didn't read. Um, I I have committed to reading those and talking about them on the show next week. Oh, okay. Um, You guys don't have to. I I figured I would catch up uh, in case there's anything of interest there. I'll probably read them. There's also Wonder Woman this week. There was World's Finest this week. There's the end of Superman Lost was this week as well. That mm. is something I do want to go back and read. <laughs> I I would not be opposed if sometimes we have like a light week where there's not much we want to talk about if we just did a Superman Lost episode. If if you yeah. guys were interested in that, sure. I mean, you're gonna poo poo this, but next week it's looking like just two Beast World books that we would talk about and. <sighs> If I had my druthers, I'd I would do the super. <laughs> I would do the Superman Lost book instead. Um, hang on. But I know, I know you're gonna poo-poo skipping Beast World two weeks well, in a row. Well, so the reason I might poo-poo is I think the week after is even grimmer book wise. <sighs> you could be right. Let me check. Uh, that one has well, a couple of annuals. Uh, it has the DC Power issue in the Trinity Special. Yeah. We should probably read those. I don't know if they're new in the Trinity special, actually. I think that's a reprint of of something. I think it is a reprint. Yeah, it might have. I think it has a little bit of new, but it might be a new story. Yeah. Yes, there is a yeah, there is a brand new story. It says in the solicit, but the the rest of the stuff is reprint material. There is the um the world's finest annual. I don't know if that's worth looking at. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? It's got a lot of people in it that we don't like. Oh, I I vaguely remember the solicit for that now. Turning me off. Uh, I mean, you know, we'll discuss this off air. 
but Vinzi, what does come out next week? Uh, whether or not we're going to talk about it. Uh, let's see. Amazon's Attack, number four. Uh, Batman, the Brave and the Bold, number nine. Detective Comics, 1081. The Flash, number five. Green Arrow, eight. Harley Quinn, 36. Uh, the Penguin, number six. Power Girl, number five. Titans Beast World, number five. And Titans Beast World Tour, Star City, number one. It is bonkers to me that we are already six months into the Penguin. I can't remember any yeah. of the issue we read. Yeah. Um, I remember he it's um Tom King being pretentious. Yeah. I think I kinda I liked it though. Yeah. If I recall, I think we both kinda liked it. No, I didn't like I'm quoting Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes, I know. I caught okay. that. Yeah, okay. I got that. Making sure. Um, a lot of 90s bands this week <laughs> well thanks for listening folks go to dc3cast.com for more uh, let's go Packers in the playoffs for Vince's sake hey thank you no, we'll talk to you next time uh, Zach you played a prominent role in the dream I had last night oh Ooh. really yeah so I fell asleep oh, like I, I fell asleep like maybe a little before 10 o'clock last night I slept <clears> so poorly the night before and then I was up at three o'clock for the day, like I said. But uh, I, in an early dream, I was going to the supermarket and everything was hidden. It was like, it was like that was the gimmick of the supermarket. Like you had to find all the things that you were looking for. And I was trying to find eggs and I ran into Zach and I was like, Zach, what are you doing in, in Jersey supermarket? And you went, get the fuck out of my face. I have to find celery and walked past <laughs> me. Okay, sure. And that's all it was. But uh, checks out. <laughs>